Radio, Kansas City's talk show for throttle junkies, motorheads, and anyone who loves rocking the driver's seat. From barn fresh to concour ready, Road Muscle Radio parks the latest news, the greatest views, and the biggest names in rolling thunder right in your ears. Your host is a freelance automotive journalist, auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine and American Car Collector Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, and owner of a sweet 1960 Corvette and a smoking 61 Impala, Road Muscle Radio's Brett Hatfield. It's Road Muscle Radio on Catfish Groves, and Brett Hatfield is right at the side. We are ready. We've had a great week so far, and and loving the we. Have you seen how many people have joined us on Facebook? We got a lot of people who are following us now. It's surprising to me too. Uh, uh, the only people I've ever had follow me usually had you know lights above the car, flashing blue yeah. lights, <laughs> always flashing blue lights. <laughs> that and very angry dads. Oh, I don't know, but uh, you know, it was years ago. I've been run out of a living room or two. But it, uh, uh, it is so awesome. Thank you for stopping by uh, Facebook to uh, check out Road Muscle Radio, and also uh, RoadMuscleRadio.com is kind of. <laughs> It's it's like that backyard where you know you, you, it got real hot when you were building the fence and you just had to stop. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that tells you a little bit about my fence is halfway up. Your kid left your hammer out in the rain. It's all rested. Now. Yeah, that's my web skill right there. Yeah, and the Gilligan's <laughs> Island rerun was on well, marathon. It looks better than mine does. My fence is kind of cockeyed, and you know, the pickets <laughs> don't go straight up and down. But we're also we are up on uh, Pippa.io. It is this really cool uh, platform for podcasting, and uh, it's it's out on Stitcher. It's out on TuneIn. It's on Google Play. I'm waiting for uh, and heck. By the time that that this is out, I, I'm, you know, pretty much positive we'll be on uh, Apple, and and there's a slew of others. So I have been busy. I know you have been. I was listening to Pippa last night. Very good sound. Very yeah. good sound. I like that. I, I got crunchy MP3s <laughs> like you. Well, we need to catch up since it's been such a busy week. We need to check out the news. Get your brain in gear for what's going on. Time for what's news on Road Muscle Radio. All right, we are. Uh, you've got a great story. Uh, that's oh my gosh. Well, this is a it's flashback. It's and weird. Yeah, this is a flashback to a couple weeks ago, and I don't know that I've ever seen a major corporation behave in quite this way. We're going to go back and talk about the John Cena Ford GT lawsuit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where Ford sued Cena because uh, he bought a Ford GT, and the stipulation on the sales of those were that the owners would hold them for 24 months before they offered them for sale anywhere. And Cena got it in September of last year or August of last year and sold it in September of last year. So he didn't even hold on to it a month and it was Oopsies. gone. Well, and we talked about it and we weren't really sure what Cena's logic was. If he was looking to turn a profit or, you know, like we said, these things weren't on showroom floors. It's not like he got to test drive one. Cena's a pretty big guy. There's a chance that maybe he didn't fit in the darn thing, got it, and <laughs> sold it. Guilty as charged. Well, I tried a Fiat 500 uh, about eight years ago. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you, don't, you don't drive that car. You wear it. <laughs> this is an airline seat. <laughs> <laughs> and not a good one. You wear it. <laughs> You, so didn't, you didn't think you fit. could be locked, knocked down further than Southwest. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was harsh. <laughs> so so he, whatever reason, he got rid of it. Well, he got rid of it, and Ford subsequently sued him, and Ford won, and they got a $75,000 settlement, $75, settlement yeah, on huh? it. And Ford said they were going to give all the money to charity, and the 
article was kind of left at that. We didn't hear much of anything else. Right. Well, it turns out that a Chico, California car dealership wound up with the car, uh, oh. a, a company called New Autos Incorporated. And New Autos is a company that sells cars, but they also go out and find cars for people for a fee. Right. And uh, Ford caught wind of the fact that New Autos had gotten this car. They'd gotten it from Cena somehow. Whether it was a direct transaction or there was a middleman is still unclear. And they were going to sell it, and Ford is suing them now. They had an injunction filed against them to preclude them from selling the car. Now, I'm not sure if Ford thinks they're going to get the car back because I'm sure if New Autos Inc. has it, they paid Cena for it or paid an intermediary for it. And we haven't heard, you know, the car's new sticker was just at a half million dollars. It was a $500,000 car. Wow. Four four ninety, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you know who's, who's it's it's kind of academic by yeah, the time you know. get to that point. <laughs> so the assumption is that they paid Cena significantly more than that for it, and they were going to turn it for a profit. That's what dealers do. And now Ford has had an injunction filed against them, and Ford was alleging because New Autos Inc. ships cars overseas. For some buyers, right, that they were going to buy it and immediately ship it to China. Now, I don't know what makes China any worse than shipping it to any other country, Belgium or Iraq or any any place else, but they seem to be particularly incensed over the idea that New Autos Inc. was going to ship this thing to China. New Autos Inc., in their defense, has said that they already had the deal done. They already had the car sold to somebody stateside. It was not leaving the country and that it was going to stay here. Anyway, Ford's had taken legal action to try and, and stop wow. the sale. And it starts to look a, a little... It, <laughs> Let somebody make him an offer. Absolutely. absolutely. You come you, to you, me, you buy my car, you don't <laughs> take me off the coffee. I will you, do this to you. You start to see some, some Corleone stripes here, you know? <laughs> you what? kind of expect Ford to take Cena out in, the, out in Lake Tahoe and shove him out of the boat. So it's not like the car was stolen, et cetera, et cetera. No. Now, now I wonder if it's because Cena was supposed to hang on to it. He paid us seventy five thousand bucks, but then it did he kind of do the 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 you know one finger salute and well, sell it anyway? No, I think what happened is this deal between Cena and New Autos Incorporated was already done, and Ford uh, sued Cena and won the seventy five grand, and so Cena's part in this is more or less done, other than the trail of where the car went. Now it's Ford and New Autos Inc., but it does seem a little. I don't know. Does it? Does it? You know, if they'd done the same thing when they were making Edsels, <laughs> maybe that car would have, more people would have driven it for longer. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you think that would make the Edsels more exclusive You cannot now? resell this. We will kill your firstborn. <laughs> I mean, Jeebus. Hey, wow. we know where you live. <laughs> uh, it's, anyway. Uh, they've taken legal action against this car dealership. The owner of the car dealership said that they already had the the deal done. They were selling it to somebody domestically. Ford doesn't have any right to do this. It's all going to wind up. The only people who are going to make out in this is attorneys. But it does seem a little vindictive on Ford's part for them to go yeah. chasing after the dealer who bought it from Cena. Cena did the first wrong, but now Ford is alleging that the dealership now has uh, uh, – 
cheapened the brand, has... has no, that was the lawyers of the lawsuits. Oh, God. Doggone it. Come on, it's, guys. It's play such fair. a mess. And I, <laughs> I, I understand that they wanted this to be a very exclusive thing. They only made a 1,000 of them over two production years, and that's fantastic. That's very exclusive. And you had to go through a process in order to be considered, and we've seen other... Uh, exotic manufacturers, Ferrari, do that do that kind of thing before. But I've never seen anything quite this vindictive out of, out of an auto manufacturer. And it is a bit of a head-scratcher, and I'm not sure that Ford comes out looking the best in this deal. Maybe they would be better off just to let it go. They're trying to get him in that, you know, half-Nelson headpan. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll see how it turns out. It starts to look like the big brother picking on his little brother over <laughs> something really. Yeah. <laughs> I, told, I told you you couldn't play with my Hot Wheels, damn it. <laughs> I think we stepped on a landway. <laughs> so sad. Well, we've got more coming up at Road Muscle Radio. You are so going to love our next guest. Uh, I don't. I'm not even going to give a hint because uh, he'll be able to fill in the blank. The, the guy is a treat, He's and a uh, I'm I'm so happy he said he would come on. So we're looking forward to having him. Stick around for Road Muscle Radio. It's Road Muscle Radio with Brett Hatfield, writer for Sports Car Market, American Car Collector, thegentsplace.com, and readthedriven.com. I'm Catfish Grove, has been in radio for 30 years, and it shows, because I'm not smarmy at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> <Duh>, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, we're, uh, you and I have not only a shared love for cars, but we have a shared nasty secret. Well... We were both car salesmen at one time, not together, yeah, separately. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I say nasty because there are people who have been so awesome. I've, I've bought some cars from some great people. No, and there are wonderful car salesmen out there. There are guys who really know how to do it. Neither of them is sitting in this room. Not in this room right now. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm crappy at it. Uh, I, I, I suck, man. I'm like, why do you hate me? Why do you, I'm a nice guy. I just got out of radio. I'm uh, nice. Love oh, I'm me. The, I'm the world's worst car salesman because I've kind of got this take it or leave. I don't care if you don't like it. Go away. <laughs> and you know so much, you know too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I worked for one Chevy dealership, and I was a resident Corvette expert. And, you know, on the odd occasion, somebody would come in and want to talk about Corvettes. They say, oh, oh, here, talk to this guy and you know i'm five minutes into it and they've kind of glazed over yeah, they're starting to bleed from yeah it's, it's terrible <laughs> does this have a warranty on it no. somebody break out the paddles brett's talking exactly again. but we've got somebody with us today who does know how to sell cars yeah. he could probably sell ice to eskimos and he's got a million fantastic stories rob it's great to have you with us it's rob pitts how you doing what's this going evening? on guys Oh, uh, just uh, we're we're ready for you to guide us. Now, Rob, you've shown up on like everything. You're on so much media out there everywhere and some of the coolest shows on YouTube. How'd that happen? Uh, actually, you know, I had a radio show myself, and uh, it all got started when Ed Boleyn did the, you know, he got the world record for the cannonball. And I actually had him as a call-in guest on my radio show. Nice. And Ed, you know, and me and Ed are polar opposites. You know, we're both Southern guys. You know, Ed's Georgia Tech, Atlanta guy, and I'm upstate South Carolina backwoods kind of guy. So, you know, but we have the same love for sales. You know, he was, you know, a sales guy for Lamborghini of Atlanta, and Rob was a sales guy for everything here in South Carolina. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so that's kind of how he got started, and Ed had a little project. He said that he was working on YouTube. Six million views later, 
the world knows rabbit, the used car salesman. Nice. And it's, and, and, and the thing that's crazy is, you know, I was born as a Wheeler dealer. You know, I come in, my family sold cars. I've had several friends who were selling cars. I mean, I sold my first car. I was 14 years old. And I mean, I, I couldn't even have a car in my name yet. And, and it's just in your blood. You know, if you have that, that sales bug bites you. And still to this day, I love, I sell to sell again. I enjoy selling cars. What, you can't sell a car when you're 14 years old and sign the paperwork yourself. How do you get so that? Oh, oh, yeah? <laughs> well, and, and I joke around all the time. People say, how you did that? I said, my mother's own car. She never knew. I could sign her name better than she could. <laughs> well, you've, I, over the years, you know, there was some stuff that went on on the, on the dealer's lot that I was at for a month and five days. And uh, uh, there's some unforgettable things, some experiences there. What are some of yours? Oh, man, there's so many funny, funny stories with that. Uh, one we shared on VinWiki was talking about, you know, finance is a big thing in the new car sales. You know, cars are very expensive, especially new vehicles. And 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 it's so funny getting people financed. And anybody that's ever worked in sales before knows that weekdays are virtually lost days in a car lot. I mean, you're basically just making up, catching up for your stuff you did on the weekends, selling. Usually those are your hot days. And uh, so a Wednesday at the car lot is not exactly an exciting time. And uh, we had a little brick mason. He was a younger guy. He came in, and he was looking at a brand It was brand new. It was a used truck. But it was almost new. It was about a year old Dodge 2500 three-quarter ton truck. And uh, this kid had never bought anything in his life. He even had a cell phone in his name. And we were joking around because he needed a cosigner. And, you know, it was the funniest part of this story was, Probably not even two weeks before this, in a sales meeting, they were actually talking about straw deals. But straw it was deal. such a slow day, and What's I was feeling deal? eager to make a sale. You went out? Catfish is asking you about straw deals. I know what they are, but you might need to give him an yeah, eye. Yeah, what's a straw deal? I, I suddenly a went, straw, I need to know what this is. A straw deal is when you use a cosigner that's not direct family. And, uh, not you know, mom, so basically, and it was so funny because I brought basically this kid's entire family tree into the dealership. <laughs> to try to sell this Dodge truck. And and they didn't have over 600 beacon combined, none of them. <laughs> and uh, great guys, great people. You know, and later on, I've sold half that family cars over the years. But so anyway, it was, we were joking around. I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's got to be someone. You know, and we're joking around. I'm like throwing out names, just hoping he'd take the hint. I'm like, Grandma. He's like, well, my grandma, she lives in town. Grandma lives in a retirement home. We <laughs> oh. drove a lifted three-quarter ton Dodge truck to the retirement home. She's four foot ten with a walker, eighty-seven years old. And I sat at the table. I sat at the lunch table in the retirement home and filled out the credit out and paperwork. She actually went on a test drive in the truck. She was she drove it. Was she she drove the truck and it was absolutely. <laughs> I actually. This is the thing, and I tell people all the time in joking, I even said in the, in the Ben with you video, I said, I'm going to probably have to explain this to somebody upstairs one day. But I actually picked that lady up and set her in the driver's seat of this Dodge oh, truck. Lord. Wow. <laughs> but the funniest part ever is we couldn't find nothing to put this deal together. And we got the information back to the finance office and come to find out Grandma had an eight. 45 feet. <laughs> oh, you about a game changer on a Wednesday afternoon. You're sold, Bubba. <laughs> yeah, guess, who, guess who just bought them a new truck? I bet you got to go on some nice Sunday rides after church, I'll tell you. Oh, I bet so. Yeah, bring a stepladder. <laughs> this is the cool thing about that store, getting to know the family afterwards. And like I said, I sold them used cars. I've sold everybody in that family, it seems like a car. So I got to know them. 
this guy's business took off afterwards. And he's actually runs a very successful masonry business now. And this guy jokes about that to this day. And he says, you know what? That truck helped me sell more jobs when I rolled up somewhere. Wow. Because, you know, this guy's got this nice-looking truck. He's got his stuff figured out. He looks successful, and he said, yeah. You know, and, I mean, I was like, Grandma really gave him a leg up. Because <laughs> <laughs> she had to have one when she got in the truck. That's right, my God. <laughs> it's just a trade. <laughs> but but and that was some of the fun things in the dealership. I mean, my very first day in a new car dealership, keep in mind, you know, I've sold everything on wheels before. And I've sold thousands of cars by the time I was 25. But the thing that was crazy about it is I went to work in a new car dealership. My very first day there, I never said a word to any of them. And, you know, new car sales, they don't have a whole lot of training. It's dog-eat-dog. Basically, they throw you out there. If you take, you take. If you don't, you walk. And Guilty you know, as charged. There, nobody knew me from anybody at this dealership. And we're walking around. That's actually how I got the nickname Rabbit. Um, you know, every dealership's got that dry erase board. You know, with your sales on it for the day. Yeah. You know, you've got the salesman's name, the customer's name, you stock the, number, car trade in, whatnot. You got the tower, shame. the tower log. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And we were standing around. I sold nine cars my very first day at this dealership. They didn't sell nine cars. Their best salesman sold nine cars in one month. <laughs> oh, wow. a smaller dealership. And I sold nine cars my very first day there. And I actually sold my first car after being there two hours. What? And the thing that was crazy about it was, is the owner of the dealership's an ex-boxer. And this poor man's been hit in the head so many times over the years. <laughs> he, I mean, he's kind of, he's real mush-mouthed, you know. So he comes walking in, you know, he's real short and stocky, and he's still a big guy. He walks in, he sees that dry race sales board, he goes, who the hell's Rabbit? Because <laughs> Robert written sloppy so many times. He says, I don't know no. I cars. <laughs> Sam, that's so how you got the name Rabbit. Say, I'm <laughs> and that record actually all the way up to like last year stood. And that was in 2007. Wow. That's fantastic. And that somebody actually beat Rabbit's record at the, at the D&D Ford. But before you made it to that Ford dealer and set that record on the first day in, you'd sold a ton of stuff. Oh, and man. And so much so that you'd managed to get yourself booted off eBay. Permanently banned off eBay. Um, How do you do not that? One of my proudest moments in life. It definitely <laughs> makes a good conversation. Uh, the I started when I started out. You know, I was a young kid. I was broke. I didn't have any money to buy cars like I wanted to to sell them. So I got the bright idea. You know, the internet was a new thing. eBay Motors was just starting up, and I knew I could sell cars on it. And, and the cars were selling on it and selling fast. You know, you're selling a car in a seven day auction. And the things that you got to think about is most of our buyers back then were guys up north and things like that. They were buying, looking for nice, rust-free, clean, used cars. But we've got them growing on trees down here. And it was just basically a new avenue to sell. I mean, most car lots barely had a phone, much less internet then. And, I mean, I joke around all the time. I said, half the people I dealt with thought the internet was just for porn, you know? And, I mean, now (laughs) they know they can sell cars. So what I did is I, I charged a flat fee, and I went around to car lots and sold. Their cars. I said, I want the three cars you've had the longest. And I mean, I've been to car lots that cars were having birthdays. They've been there so long. And I was selling them in seven days. And needless to say, Rob's their new best friend. Oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> that is brilliant. You know, I mean, I was selling three to 400 cars a month at 20 years old online. How many? Three to 400 cars a month. Good online. Lord. So, exactly. And never technically touching the car. Basically, when the auction ended, you know, they got their payment details, and I would give them the address of the car lot they needed to go to to pick it up. They did the paperwork, and brilliant. I picked up a check the other week. Absolutely brilliant. And you were 20? Yes. Now, you know, I went to college, 
And I never was taught to be that smart. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. You also went to college and thought that would make you a welder, and we've heard how well, that turned out. Yeah, a welder. I was going to be an engineer. That was a that was such a horrible mistake. You know. Well, and it kind of got me in trouble in the end. Um, you know, you get to selling so many cars, and you know, and the, and the, and the reason, and the biggest reason I got banned off eBay was in a in a I sold so many cars. I they actually sent me to an eBay U college, like a little school, like a weekend seminar thing. And uh, they basically explained their proxy bidding system and how it worked, like play by play. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you're really showing me this? So now I know how the bidding works. <laughs> and, you know, of course, you get greedy and you jump in there and start bidding. And it was horrible. And like I tell people all the time, I mean, and people would get all offended about it and get huffy. And it's so funny. I've got 1.6 million views on this one video talking about this. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I said, I tell you what, when I tell this story, if you got banned from eBay, I said, do me a favor. I'll give you some homework. Go online. Go to eBay. Find me a phone number. Find me an address. Yeah, they didn't send me an email. They didn't shoot me a dirty message. They sent me a 17-page certified letter explaining to me why I can't come back on eBay. Wow. And in just a moment, we want you to come back and explain to us what the letter said and what happened from there. That's coming up next. You bet on Road Muscle Radio. Road Muscle Radio is back with Brett Hadfield, Catfish Groves, Rob Pitts, special guest, the seller extraordinaire who got 17 pages of Get the Hell Off of eBay. What was that all about? <laughs> yeah, I actually got a letter. Actually, it was so funny that all my accounts were killed. The next day, I got this certified letter. It was 17 pages long, and I actually had it framed in my office. Well, you said all of your accounts. Explain how you had more than one account. Uh-oh. Uh, well, this is the problem, and I didn't fix it the right way. And I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to solve the blow. I was dead right. wrong, 100. percent Um, you know, I'm the guy you do not want to play Monopoly with. You know, I'm vicious, <laughs> and so if I can find a way to make it work towards me, I'm going to. And obviously, you know, I have multiple accounts, and the biggest reason I have multiple accounts is to affect my feedback. The feedback system with eBay is extremely flawed. It's been flawed for years. Um, the big problem with eBay feedback is if it's a $0.99 cent item or a $99,000 item, it carries the same amount of weight. Well, you get somebody that bought a used car on eBay for $1,300 and drove it 900 miles home and it broke down, you, know, you bought a $1,300 car. I'm shocked it made it out of sight. I'm looking at a guy who likes buying $1,300 cars. <laughs> don't tell me that you're killing the dream, man. You're killing the dream. Because, I mean, and I explain this to people all the time. That's the reason they're used cars. People don't trade in perfectly good automobiles. Now, there's a problem with it is why they're getting rid of it. Now, those are great cars. But it happens. So somebody leaves, you know, somebody gets, you know, their butt hurt, and they leave a negative feedback. Well, that kills your sales because that affects your reputation online. Well, what do I do with my ghost accounts is I would go in and buy things give myself feedback with my ghost accounts. And your and, first ghost uh, account, I, I love this. You mentioned this on one of the VinWiki videos. Your first ghost account was named after who? My dog. <laughs> and uh, Sprocket was a very special S- pet. Sprocket. my three-pound chihuahua. Sprocket the dog. I'm laughing. And because I, he was sitting on my desk when I did it the first time. And, and, and you're like, 
back then you didn't have to have a PayPal or anything. I mean, it was an email address all you needed to set up an eBay account. It was it was too easy. And uh, needless to say, it was a little too easy. And, and like I said, <laughs> it, it did catch up with me and it got me permanently banned from eBay. Wow. Permanently. Permanently. In permanently. fact, Rob came back. Now, how long ago was this when you came back? And, it's been and, about a year and a half ago now, but I actually tried to set up an account. I mean, I PayPal and all that stuff, but I could set up an eBay account. I live in a different house. I'm in a different I live, everything's different. Different email. And within 24 hours, it'll be dead. And I still haven't figured out how they know. Wow. eBay's better <laughs> than the CIA. You might want to check your <laughs> closets. <laughs> it's funny. I've actually talked to people that work for eBay. He said, you will be shocked. That's amazing. The security levels they go to. And, uh, you know, the big joke is it's being permanently banned off of eBay. You know, it's not necessarily something, you know, that you want to advertise or be proud of, but it's so funny. You're kind of a small group of people. You, you know what I mean? You are, you are in a really small pool. Now, you've sold cars to all kinds of people, everybody uh, under the sun. You've sold cars to men, women, every color, every stripe. You've even sold cars to witches. I have sold cars to, to self-proclaimed witches. And, and, uh, and that got, was interesting, too. And you got those witches upset at you. They were a little mad about it. Okay, I, I do tell. <laughs> I, I knew if I peeled this back even a little <laughs> bit, you'd want to hear this one. Rob, tell us about selling, <laughs> selling cars to witches. Selling cars well, to witches. I have sold cars in every realm of the auto market you can think of, from buy here, pay here, to high-end classic cars. And buy here, pay here, you got some very interesting characters. Buy here, pay here, you got some people that were as good as gold. They would chase you down to make a payment. And then you've got the other half that are pretty much why the reason buy here, pay here exists. <laughs> um, they don't pay their bills good, you know, and, they're, and they're going to be problems. And uh, I actually sold a tourist to a lady, and uh, you know, a seventy-five dollar a week car, you know, and and she made a few payments and trim and went out. And obviously, you know, buy here, pay here. If the car stops, the payments do too usually. And um, so she was raising raising cane about this tourist, and she told me she was a witch. I was a stand-up comedian for seven years. Oh. You know, I traveled all up down the southeast. And, <laughs> this is not going to go well. Humor with me. And the uh, first thing that pops in my mind, you know, if you're a witch, why the hell are you buying a car? Why not you fly around on a broomstick? Why don't you buy a broom? <laughs> I got one in back. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> my ex-wife's got one, you know? So no, <laughs> get with it. So needless to say, she didn't find the humor in it. <laughs> she wasn't as abused. Well, you know, if you're a witch and you have magical powers, Fix the damn thing. Yeah, well, you ever tried to fix a Taurus? You know, that's a funny story because I bought one and the transmission went out uh, in about three years, about 30,000 miles, right at about 84. That's kind of, that's kind of, that's the, that's the Taurus way. Less, <laughs> now, the, I'll, I'll say the leather seats were awfully comfy for a big boy like me. <laughs> I dug that well, and, I, and I had a sunroof, so it's sporty. So, <laughs> you, 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 at least while you're sitting on the side of the road, you were comfortable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've sold thousands of cars to everybody under the sun. How many cars have you personally owned? There's no telling. <laughs> I, there's no telling. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I've been asked that a billion times, and I, I wouldn't even begin to think personally owned. Um, every car I've ever owned has been for sale anyway. You know, and that's just that's the car dealer in me coming out. That's but, true. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, just you got. I mean, there's so many of them, and, and now I've kind of changed. I've switched gears a little bit, though. I've got a few that that I ain't saying that cannot be bought, 
but you're going to, you're going to have to step up the bat to get them. So what's your favorite? What? I've got a 65 Malibu SS I'm a big fan of. Ooh. Yeah, a couple old Chevy guys here, so yeah. That's... Yeah, matching numbers, 327, 300, four-speed car. She's sweet. <laughs> you should see the look on on his on catfish's I'm down. face. Yeah, he's he's cool with. What's uh what's your personal favorite sales story or better yet, what's the weirdest one you've ever had? What's the strangest thing you've ever had? I've had lots of strange ones. I've had lots of strange ones. I'll tell you a real interesting one that happened recently. Um my latest Vinwiki video we were talking about it. Me and Ed's got to be really good buddies over the last six months, obviously. And, and we joke back and forth, and we throw stories back and forth. And I think I know I where you're it. heading with this one. I bought a really nice split bumper 70 RSSS Camaro. Oh, and, uh, with the round nice headlights. Oh, Silver, yeah. black stripes, absolutely gorgeous. And uh, you know, second-gen Camaros are extremely hot right now. Yes, they are. And, uh, I bought this really nice Camaro, and uh, I put on a large show here in Greenville, South Carolina, called Carolina Motor Fest. And uh, so we're at this show. I'm, I'm doing the car show thing. I mean, I'm hosting. I'm on the mic. You know, got my guys doing the music and all that stuff. I'm walking around being Rob. And, and, you know, I'm signing shirts and shaking hands and having fun and just being myself. And next thing you know, I noticed a pink-haired lady walking around my Camaro parked at Motorfest. I haven't had it for two days at this point. And uh, I get a phone call from Palmdale, California on the following Sunday. I was actually doing a show in Maggie Valley, North Carolina the next day. And uh, so I'm, you know, two hours up the road and I get a phone call from Palmdale, California. Well, currently I'm under contract with discovery channel and I'm like, what did I say now to piss them off? You know? <laughs> the first thing, but, but it wasn't them. It was a lady. And she said, Hey, you may recognize me. I had the pink hair. I was looking at your Camaro yesterday. And she said, I'm in town visiting family for a few weeks. And she said, I would love to come look at that gorgeous Camaro again. I seen you had it for sale. And I said, sure did. She asked me what I was asking for. I told her, she said, that doesn't sound bad at all. And I said, come on down and look at it. You know, the following Monday, she looked at it. And uh, this lady, you know, like I said, she was a very well put together lady. Um, she had some aftermarket parts on her, so to speak. <laughs> um, pink hair, she had tattoos running down her arm. You can definitely tell she did not run the office at the church house. Um, <laughs> but a very nice lady. I ain't saying necessarily you take her home tomorrow, but she would take her on a hot bowl of day anytime. <laughs> she is a nice, I mean, a nice looking lady, and she comes with a big for nothing boyfriend. And, and we look at this Camaro, and she just, just hasn't even drove the car. She says, I'll take it. And I'm like, all right, that's easy enough. So we sit down in my office. She actually writes me a check for the car. Well, you know, you're selling a car. That's just the smallest part of it. You get to know the person. And, you know, this lady's got pink hair. She's, you know, 5'11, and, you know, she's built like a brick outdoor restroom and <laughs> she, uh, that's the SCC coming out in me and it's you know and so you see this place so I gotta know you know she doesn't work at the bank obviously and I'm thinking to myself you know I said so what do we do for a living she says I'm an adult film star I want to tell you something I could not google her name fast enough when she out of the room. I'm like iPhone don't fail me now <laughs> So in all cash. And the next thing was texting Ed. And I texted Ed. I said, you won't get a load of this. <laughs> I just sold a Camaro to a porn star. He said, so when can you come down to Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I said, let me get the deal closed. I haven't even got the paperwork done yet. So, <laughs> An untapped, so tapped market. And yeah. actually, I ended up buying the Camaro back. And what? I got the Camaro for sale. And I sold her a Corvette. Because she liked it better. It was a little more, the Camaro was a little too hot rod. The, the Camaro was a little too much for the porn star. 
So we <laughs> sold her a nice 72 big block vet. Uh, Warbody Gold, a Warbody Yellow Corvette. She oh, man. So now I have a celebrity-owned Camaro. Well, now everybody knows that uh, uh, being a, a car salesperson doesn't require that you, you be a funky monkey. Sometimes you can just be fun and uh, and get the deals done, got some families taken care of, got to sell the porn stars. <laughs> ah, and, yeah. and, clear, and clearly Rabbit is a fun guy. He's Absolutely. The kind of guy probably want to sit down and have a beer or two with. Rabbit, we'd love to have you back on the show. Uh, thank you for coming on. We appreciate you taking the time. We're just about buttoned up here, but I will get back with you soon. And uh, also, I've talked to Ed, and we're going to have him on the show here pretty quick. I'll tell you what, you're going to love it. Ed's a great guy. How can we get hold of you, Rob? Where do, where do we go best to uh, Anything do a Anything you want to plug. i tell you what. I mean, be sure to check out Hot Rods and Happy Hour on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, that's telling you what we're doing in the radio station and also the car shows that we're putting on um, all up and down the southeast. i tell you another cool thing. Check out the Rob Pitt's Instagram. Uh, definitely a lot of things going on with Rob, you know, get updates on the meth bust mini truck or where the porn star Camaro is going to be or <laughs> any of the other wild cars. And like I said, where I want to be, it's called Old Rabbit. I love sharing car stories. Fellas, take care. Find out what's happening all around town next on Road Muscle Radio. Road Muscle Radio back in action. That was fun, man. He's just full of stories. Yeah, you know, uh, like I said before we got up, before we came on the air tonight, this guy is going to be a little like a chainsaw without a kill switch. Man, you fire him up and just, <laughs> just let, let him, him go. go. Let him go. <laughs> it's all full throttle, <laughs> and, and that's that's why I wanted Rob to come on the show so much because he's just got great stuff. You know, we'll have to have him back. You know, that would be fun. That I, would be I think fun. it would. He, he makes it Maybe, easy. And we might even get him, like, focused, like, in a specific direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's her, herding cats, baby. So earlier this week, you sent me an email oh, yeah, with yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a link to a car that I looked at, and I thought, that's not reprehensible. That's really good looking. <laughs> well, you know, it, it was kind of the cross between the big honking insane boat that I want and a car that almost says, I have a muscle, it's under some flab, no, but it's, it's here. The thing was slick. It was good looking. Well, I I like the car enough that I wanted it for you. <laughs> the car we're talking about, it's a 1967 Mercury on uh, Monterey two-door. It's the coupe. And surprisingly enough, it has a fast back on it. Now, if you're going to try to imagine this, the uh, the Monterey's, the Mercs were all kind of big. You know, the four doors are just big honking vehicles, and the the two door is not small, mind you. No, no, no. But it looked like a a, a, a gussied up Grand Torino. It was a really oh, yeah. good looking car. If you take uh, the Grand Torino, especially in the '67, '68, that had that kind of cool pointy front, and you just chop off the front and make it a brick wall that's being shoved down the highway, Mercury That's style. the Mercury. So you've got that uh, that thing going on, the, and you know it also reminded me of a uh, not a Marlin, although a little bit the AMC Marlin. But there was wow, uh, what a wild pull because they just made a handful of those, and they were very cool looking. You know, it's they're so ugly, they're kind of cool. They always remind me of like a guppy. For some reason, they remind me of kind of a lumpy fish. But I like them. And then uh, uh, the Barracuda. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah. So we've still got that scooped back going. The '67 Merc. I found it on uh, on Craigslist. Uh, of course, because you know, bottom feeding, that's what catfish <laughs> hey, do. By the way, and, I wanted to bring this up. What? You keep saying 
catfish because you're a bottom feeder. Now, first of all, you're always going to be catfish, period. There's no well, getting away yeah. from that. It, it, if the S fits, wear it. So you're always going to be a catfish. But it's not bottom feeding. It is. It honestly isn't. You know, you got people who are into yank tanks and lead sleds and old hot rods and, oh, yeah. and rat rods and all that stuff. And if it was really that terrible, nobody else would be into it. It's not like you're an island here. <laughs> you you are into this with a bunch of other people. You just have a different taste. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and proof positive, every now and then you find something even I look at and I'm going, that's cool. I hope you I hope you find a way to reel that in. As long as it's not in the 60s we're, Mopar. As long yeah, as we're yeah. staying with a fish analogy. Yeah. Reel that sucker in. Nice. So oh, that was that I, was very poetic. So I'm I'm going to hereby rescind your bottom feeder status. <laughs> you're still the catfish, always have been, always will be, but I think you're looking at cool stuff. No matter oh, what. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're very, I, I'm feeling all mushy now. Yeah, well, th- <laughs> don't get too squishy on me because some of the stuff you look at is still <laughs> just, just <laughs> ugly as sin. <laughs> Well, the uh, the sixty seven Mercs. Now, uh, what was interesting was uh, Ford almost gave up on Merc. I didn't know yeah, that yeah, yeah. when I was looking uh, looking up the uh, the model and kind of looking the background of it. They were had almost given up on Mercury and, and Edsel by nineteen sixty, which shocked me. Now those those late fifty uh, fifty eight fifty nine Mercuries were just long flat chunks of yeah. wood. They were just ugly as hell, and of course I like them. But uh, their turnpike cruiser is just hideous. Um, but the cars uh, no longer had Mercury bodies that were that were you know basically Fords. No, this this was this was a dressed up Torino. Oh yeah, it flat was, and the one you found was good looking. Now by the mid sixties, these uh these kind of middle class large cars they were starting to sell again. So Ford uh, worked on the new Merc. Uh, it's a rebadge Ford, but less than the tires. So they put this thing hold uh, all together, did some reengineering, and boom, uh, the sixty seven and sixty eight Mercs were just. Gorgeous. Well, in that fastback body, that's kind of that super speedway look they had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, dude, the car was good looking. I still want you to get something like that. It Now, you and I are going to have the same problem I got with the 61 Impala. You need a chimp to ride shotgun to put gas in it. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Well, the the, uh, the engines on it, you know, 390 is the smallest you could get. Came with an optional 410, had a 427, <laughs> and a 428 available. Wow. You could get a manual three and four speed, then there was the Mercomatic, the three speed, and then the C6 okay. finally came in. So you wind up with coffee can-sized pistons, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and and I don't think you're going to find a two-barrel anywhere near this thing. It's going to have a four-barrel, oh, no. and the secondaries on it are going to look like juice cans. It's going to be a monster. But again, I still hope you get it. I think the thing was really cool looking. Yeah. And if you keep looking at stuff like that, I have no problem supporting your habit. But uh, <laughs> if you go back to looking at some of the – God, the Imperials, they're so bad. Oh, yeah. And, and oh, I know that there's – They're Mopar, a big girl. There are big Mo, girl. There's Mopar guys out there who probably want my head on a pike. But, man, some of that late 50s, early 60s Mopar stuff was tough to love. But let me tell you, that you'll find them out there because a lot of people with the, the horrible, horrible gas mileage they get don't even want to cruise in them. When you get, yeah. you're getting nine, ten miles to a gallon from the get-go, and that's, you know, highway, uh, they don't even look at them. But damn, that that leaves that, that big girl for me. Nine or ten is going to make the Impala jealous of you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, that's not exactly stock. 
Not exactly stock. Something about, you know, dual quads and a 409. You know, well, speaking of these cars, and one of the reasons that I really want to get one besides I really want to get one is Is, that uh, you get to go to fun stuff. And there's lots of it, lots of it coming up. Uh, Okay, you've got a sheet. I got a sheet. You want to tag team back and forth here? You bet. You go first. Okay, great. August 11th, Merriam, Kansas, the 18th annual cruise night at the Merriam Marketplace. Uh, 5740 Merriam Drive, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. All show quality cars and motorcycles welcome. I think we may have mentioned this before. Want to go ahead and reemphasize that that's coming up. So, yeah, show quality, too. So, uh, uh, well, you know, that's show quality. It's in the eye of the boulder. <laughs> Amen. There you go. <laughs> well, coming up on the 25th, the Kansas City Automotive, uh, uh, August 25th, the KCAM is having a Cruzeum poker run. Oh, now this looks kind of fun. Four to six thirty p.m., so it's not going to take up your whole evening. And everybody that goes, it's an annual event. You get a card. Uh, you're given a, a you know, yeah, a, card at every stop, every rally point. Best hand at the end of the cruise wins a prize. They've got goodie bags for the first thirty-five entrants. It's a twenty-five dollar registration fee. And remember, the money is going to the KCAM, Kansas City Automotive Museum, and one of our favorite places. And if you uh, want more information, go to KansasCityAutoMuseum.com. And you can check out their poker run coming up on the 25th of August. Long website, but definitely worth going to. Oh, yeah. Also on August 11th, uh, Olathe, Kansas, 7th Annual KCCA, Kansas City Corvette Club of America, I think, uh, or Corvette Club Association. Eh. Kansas City Corvette something. Vets on the Plains <laughs> at the Pass Pro Shop. Uh, 120. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I is a professional. Uh, 12051 Bass Pro Drive uh, on the uh, west side of I-35. Registration from 8 to 11 a.m. Awards approximately 2.30 p.m. Rain or shine. Uh, pre-registration is $30 before August 1st. Well, you're going to miss that. And $35 <laughs> after silent auction door prices. 50-50 pot open to Corvettes only. So if you're a vet head, and I know a couple of those, uh, August 11th, Bass Pro, Olathe, Kansas. As a uh, quick note, uh, Independence, Missouri, April 14th through November. So this has been it's been going on all the time and all through the way through mid-November, except Labor Day weekend because of Santa Caligon days. There is a cruise, 5 to 9 p.m. Uh, in Independence, in South Liberty Street, West Kansas Avenue. It's been granted permission by the Public Works and the Independence Square Merchants Association. They've got eating places, you know, a couple of lounges. Parking lot fills up uh, pretty quick. So they're hoping to recreate the Jackson Drive Cruise in a new location. Oh, very cool. And, and if, if, v- you, if you've got, uh, if you've got uh, some questions on it, guys named Dave Madden, 816-225-4576. Dude, we are out of time already. Out of time. Wow. That went quick. I know, right? After you, after you talk with uh, Rob Pitts long enough, man, time's oh, man. tempest fugits right on out. Tough to squeeze it all in. So thank you for joining us right here on Road Muscle Radio. I'm Catfish Groves, Brett Hatfield. We will see you next time.